0: Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome to Meaning Over Money. We are so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, do you ever have a situation in your life where you just have a chance encounter with somebody at a a time, in a place you weren't expecting and maybe you didn't feel like you had the time to really engage with it, um, but you just said, you know what? this is worth it. And so that happened to me last week. I was at a men's group lunch. I meet with a couple of guys every Wednesday for lunch and we were at this local restaurant. And um, as we're sitting there eating, a friend came by and, and just patted me on the shoulder, said, Hey, good to see you. And um, so, at, so at our lunch wrapped up a little bit later. And so, after it did, I walked back into the restaurant uh, towards the back to see if they were still there. And sure enough, they were. And it was um, it was a girl that I'm friends with, and then um, somebody that, that she's friends with that I just I just know just at a very high level. We've never really talked. And so, I just walked over and I I, I just said, "Hey, it's good to see you guys." And um, I sat down. I was probably totally interrupting um, a really awesome conversation they were having. And. And uh, we just started chatting. And um, it was one of those situations where before you know it, 90 minutes had passed. We'd been sitting there for an hour and a half and we just had this great conversation. Um, luckily, I didn't have any meetings and, and I don't know if they had meetings, but um, we just we ended up just talking for an hour and a half. It was, it was wonderful and it just filled my tank that day. And I love those situations. And um, one of the things that, that, that happened in the middle of this conversation, this, um, this person that I had just started to get to know in this conversation, we got on the topic of, of, of monies and money and careers, and she said something that was really, really interesting. She says, I'm too impulsive. She goes, I need to be less impulsive. And I asked her, well, what, is that, what does that look like? And so she started sharing some stories, and and I can, I can affirm, um, confirm, these were very impulsive stories. She is one of the most impulsive people I've met in a long time, and I loved it. I, I loved it. I love when people are impulsive. Um, and maybe that's because I'm impulsive. And, and people might be surprised that, that people that know me, but I'm, in, I'm very impulsive. And, um, but there's two ways we can be impulsive. I, I think impulsive, impulsiveness is really good, but there's two ways that it can look. Number one, it can look reckless. Reckless impulsiveness, and you have planned impulsiveness. First, we're going to talk about reckless. I don't think this will surprise anybody, but, you know, when we think of impulsiveness, I think we, we often think like it is reckless, it's irresponsible. And I think done wrong, when we're impulsive, it's destructive, it's risky. And at best, at best, it will just hinder our progress in life, whether that's money or otherwise, money, relationships, careers. But, but impulse often looks ugly. The results of it can, can be destructive. And so here's a few examples of what it looks like for reckless impulsiveness. Let's just say you walk into a car dealership, and you weren't planning on buying. You just wanted to look around a little bit. And so you're, you're, you're kind of looking around the lot. The guy comes out and says, hey, you know, do you want to drive? Do you want to, do you want to test drive one of these things? And you're like, well, we're just looking, but that's kind of fun. So you know, he goes and gets the keys. You take a scooter around town. And uh, next thing you know, you walk out of their office um, having signed papers, and you walk out with a vehicle um but you also walk out with this big $500 car payment. That's impulsiveness. That's reckless. What about when you're having a bad day or maybe a bad week and at work and you're just like this sucks. I am over this. I'm done and you just you you kind of just say screw it. I'm done. And you quit and you walk out and you say I'm over I'm over it. I'm I'm moving on. But you really have no plan. You have maybe no savings and you have no other income and and, and after the anger and the, the frustration uh, away, you're left thinking, uh-oh, what do we do now? And that sets you on the scramble. You feel the tension. You feel the, the, um, the rat race um, um, creeping in on you to, to figure that out. And that may cause us to make more impulsive decisions to figure it out. And one that is near and dear to my heart, um, but technology, toys. Um, it's so, you know, so often, you know, we see all these ads and these new TVs, these new phones, new computers, new, you name it, whatever your thing is, the impulsive thing is you just go buy it, swipe that credit card and just go buy it because we want it because it's cool, because it's awesome. And we want to be like other people. We want to enjoy these things. We want to be part of that crowd. And so we do it and we, we put it on a credit card and, um, thus begins um, a cycle that that may not be positive for us. It may not kill us, but it's not going to be positive for us. So that's reckless impulsiveness. What's planned impulsiveness? Because it's different. It's, It's night and day different. Planned impulsiveness is when we operate our finances in a way that provides room for us to act on impulse. We create a situation where when we do make an impulsive decision, not only does it not hurt us, but it can actually benefit us. It can add value to our life. That's a crazy concept. We make an impulsive decision. It adds value to our life. That is so cool. So I mentioned earlier that I'm very impulsive. So it's only fair that I share some examples of this. Um, and, and there's, like, there's, there's some, some heartbreak in here and there's some really big joy in here, but let's start with the first one, which is, it's, it's a heartbreaking one. Um, many, many years ago, my wife and I, um, we were about ready to become parents. Um, we, were adop- we were adopting a child, and um, we were anticipating this day coming. And just as it was planned, um, this baby was born, and um, we were getting ready to go meet our son. We'd, we were, we'd been waiting our entire lives to become parents. We're going to meet our son today. I was at work. I was, re- I, was, I was closing things up because I was about ready to take a few weeks off um, because I was going to be a dad oh, it was the best day. Like that morning we woke up, it was the best day of our life. And um, as I'm getting ready to close up for the, for the day at around lunchtime, I get a phone call, and um, it was the person um, at the adoption ministry that we were working with. And um, as soon as I picked up that phone, I knew I knew what was happening. Um, we had lost that child. I woke up that day knowing I was going to be a dad, and by lunchtime I knew I wasn't going to be a dad. And so, man, that was the most heartbreaking moment of our of our life and our marriage. And so I had to go home, and I had to explain to my, my wife what had happened, because I was on that call she was, and I had to go explain to her. And as soon as I walked in the house, she could see it on my face, and she just fell to her knees and started crying. And so what happened then is, is I was supposed to, actually supposed to lead a mission trip in, in, a, in a few days. Um, I was going to lead a mission trip for the high school kids that, that I um, that I work with. And, um, and um, so I actually had that week off. And, and so by coincidence, I had that week off. And some moment, we had to figure out what to do. Um, and, and I told and my I asked my wife, hey, what do you want me to do? And she goes, I think you should still go on this trip. You need to go on this trip. Um, it's important that you go on this trip. And I said, um, I said, what do you really want me to do? And she goes, please don't go on this trip. And um, there was a lot, of, a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of sadness that day. And um, later that night, my wife had more time to process, and she just felt the weight and the, the, the heaviness. And she just said, Travis, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in our house. I don't want to be in our town. I don't want to be in our life. She goes, I want to leave our life right now. And she says, can we do something? And I said, what do you want to do? And so um, what we ended up doing is at midnight, we booked a trip to Mexico that left in five hours so we we booked the trip at midnight we packed a bag we took a nap and then we woke up and went to the airport and we ended up spending um a week in mexico um at, at a not very great resort i mean it's um there's not a lot to, to choose from um when you book it on five hours notice but beggars can't be choosers we we spent that week um pretty much crying and eating our, our weight's worth of uh, um, chips and salsa that was impulsive We made an impulsive decision, but in that moment, it was the best thing we could have ever done. And, um, you know, we were there for all the wrong reasons, but it was time that was spent just just processing and spending time together away from the normal life of ours. You know, maybe on the other side, though, there's other examples. Um, Giving can be really fun when we plan the impulsiveness. Um, My wife, one time, she texted me about the situation uh, of somebody that she knew, didn't know him well, but this person needed something, and this something was going to be expensive. And she texted me and said, hey, Travis, I think we just need to do this. And, and after a two-minute conversation, we made an impulsive decision that we were going to step in and, and do this thing that was pretty awesome. And that was impulse. That was impulse. Sarah just, she just felt called that we needed to do this. I trusted that in her. We had planned for the impulsiveness, and we acted And it was such a profound moment in our marriage and our life to be able to do something like that, and we did it. You know, we talked about the heartbreak of of, um, not becoming a parent, but we were blessed a little bit later after that. And uh, we received a phone call that um, we needed to meet, and it was a Thursday afternoon. And so we went and met, and uh, and I had my walls up. I was was still pretty hurt, um, and I was scared. And so we sit there and we, we sit down and, and they explained to us that there are two babies and their birth mother had selected us to, to parent these little boys. And um, here's the catch, though. They were three weeks old and we were going to meet them in two days. But at that time, we, ha- we didn't have anything. We didn't have any. Uh, we didn't have beds. We didn't have clothes. We didn't have bottles. We didn't have diapers. We didn't have car seats. We didn't have anything. We had nothing. Part of, and part of it was because we planned for impulsiveness, but part of it was we didn't want to walk by an empty baby room every day to remind us of how we yet are still not parents get, getting heartbroken every single day. So we didn't, we just had an empty room. And so we went on from a Thursday, the next day we met um, their birth mother. And then two days after that, we met our kids. And man, it was, it was so amazing. It, it, it changed everything for us. And um, it still wasn't easy, and it's not simple, um, but we operated our life in a way that we could have that room for the impulse, for, to figure it out when the time comes. And we did, and it was beautiful, and it was amazing, and we have two four-and-a-half-year-old boys that are just the greatest blessing to us. This impulsive stuff can be a positive, guys. Another example is um, one of my friends. Um, she recently quit her job without having any backup. But, but she lives her life in a way that she had a strong foundation, she had prepared for what was about to come, and she left her job, and we were talking, and, and she got this new job, this amazing job, and I asked her, um, so you already had, you've already accepted this other job before you quit your old job? And she goes, well, no, no, actually, I had applied for this other job, I had no idea if I was gonna get it, but I just felt so called to quit this job, because I knew, there was something else. And I'm like, whoa, that was pretty intense. But she had a piece about it because she had planned for the impulsiveness. She had planned for it. Now, I don't think she planned on doing that. But in hindsight, she was planning for something like this. She had prepared herself, whether she knew it was going to happen or not, she had planned for it. So she did this. And another example, my business partner, Cole, who's the producer of the show. Cole, his kryptonite is technology. Anything tech related, anything awesome and new and shiny, like he's all over it. He wants that. And so, one example um, not that long ago was um, um, I, I think it was Sony. I'm not, a, I'm not a tech guy, but they released a new camera, $3,500 camera. That's a car. That's a car for some people, $3,500 camera. This thing came out, um, and, and Cole, he was all over it. And as soon as that thing came out, he went and bought it. He just went and bought it, $3,500 for a camera. And he planned for it. He planned for it. So it may seem like a crazy decision, but it was planned on his part to be impulsive when something like this happens. Speaking of technology, um, Cole is a, is a, is a PS5, um, um, fanatic, um, and so when the PS5 came out, Cole like every like it took him weeks. Though it was sad. It was sad to watch Cole um flounder in misery trying to get one. But every day it just hit refresh, 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 trying to get um a new PS5. Um, but that was kind of an impulsive decision. But it was planned. It was part of, of their, the rhythm of their life. And so it didn't impact them financially, but he does enjoy gaming. He enjoys these things, and it adds value to his life. Another thing with Cole, um, now I'm not saying I'm, I'm an advocate for this decision, but Cole quit his job after th- just three weeks, and they were just starting um, the process that they are paying off their debt. They were pretty early in their marriage, uh, Cole and his wife Kate. And he quit his job after three weeks, and he didn't even tell his wife. She came home and knew something was up and asked him, and he explained to her that he quit his job. Now, again, not, what I, not how I would have written it, but they had put together a strong foundation. So when this happened, it didn't blow them up. It didn't break them. Now, it might have slowed down their progress to pay off debt, but they had the foundation laid out so that when he did this, they just got about the business of figuring it out, and they had the freedom to figure it out, and he actually ended up starting his own company which is now what I do with him, and and so in in some ways I'm grateful and and the beneficiary of that, that crazy decision of him to quit this job and to start his own company because he had planned for that. There's a foundation there. So how do we plan our impulsiveness? There's a few things we have to do. First, and this first one is the most important one. First, we need to realize that no amount of money in our bank account will make us happy. And I have to say that again. No amount of money in our bank account will ever make us happy. It just won't. It won't. We, we, we act as though it will. We, we make decisions based around the idea that it will, but it won't. And I've seen a lot of examples of this, but there's one that stands out. I was uh, meeting with a, a family about doing some, doing some coaching and um, they were pretty, pretty high, perform, high performing, high paying people. And um, it, the, it came out through the conversation that they have a million dollars in their checking account in their checking account, a million dollars. And, um, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Could you show me? And they're like, you want to see it? I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I want to see it. Can I, I'm sorry if that's that's weird, but can I see it? And they're like, yeah, sure. So they opened up their uh, their app on their phone, their banking app, and they showed me I'm like, oh, sorry, we were wrong. It's 1.2 million. They had $1.2 million in their personal checking account, but it was not making them happy. They did not feel secure. They did not feel fulfilled. But they, got, they fell into the trap at some point along their journey that more money brings more security, brings more happiness, and it doesn't. And they found out um, that, that it doesn't or are finding out. So we just need to understand money will not make us happy. No amount of money in our bank account will make us happy. If we understand that, we have a chance to, to, to win at this planned impulsiveness. Number two, we need an emergency fund. Yes, money in our bank account won't make us happy, but we can't not have anything. We can't, we can't live on a, on a shoestring... Day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. We can't do that. We need to have some foundation. And that looks like an emergency fund. That looks like money sitting aside in a savings account for when life goes wrong. And it's not if life goes wrong. It's when life goes wrong because life will go wrong. It just does. We don't know what it looks like and we don't know how much and we don't know when, but we, but it will happen. So we need to have some money sitting aside. And depending on your situation, you know, how many, how many streams of income do you have? Um, do you own a house? Do you rent? Um, how many kids do you have? How old are they? Those will all dictate how, how much you need in your emergency fund. But I think for most families, three to six months of your basic living expenses is probably enough. If you have a volatile income, or an uncertain income, or you have a, you're working in an industry where you might get let go, um, you might, you might have more, but, but pick a number, but don't have that number always be more because then you end up like the family that ends up with a million dollars. Pick a number and just go. And so let's just say, for example, your monthly bills are 4,000 and you say, okay, I want to have four months of my bills. And so 4,000 times 4, 16,000. So you say, okay, 16,000 is my number. I'm going to shoot for that. I'll save up for that. And once that 16,000 is there, I'm just going to let it be. And I'll go ahead and just live, um, live my life and, and not, not dwell on this, this money anymore. So picking a number and just going with it. Number three, we need to budget well. And budgeting is not about spending less, it's about spending better. And it's about knowing what's happening so that we can have the confidence and the clarity to make these decisions. If, if we don't really know how much money it takes to live or how much money is left or, or, or where it's going, we, we really, we're really we're kind, of, kind of teetering on a, on a, on a cliff and we don't, know, we don't know what it's going to take to knock us off the cliff. So what happens is we end up making these super um, cautious decisions or making decisions out of fear because we don't know. But when we budget well, it helps us know. And so it's not about spending less, it's about spending better, it's about having more intentionality in our spending so that we can go do these awesome things. Number four, we need to create sinking funds. Now, sinking funds is just, it's just another name for a, um, a savings account that has a name to it. And I, I do advocate having separate accounts and then name them. And this is what most of my clients do. I've done this my entire adult life. But I don't just have. You don't just want a savings account because when you just have a savings account, that's when the hoarding begins. That's when you end up saying never. It's never enough. You keep going more and more and more. And so I, I have a savings account. It's called travel, and I have a savings account that's called cars, and I have a savings account that's called um, giving. And so when and I have a savings account that's called home improvement. And so. These are accounts that the money is sitting there and then it's for those purposes. So going back to my story about, about going to Mexico on five hours notice, that was impulsive. But the, the step to get there was not impulsive. I have a travel savings account and, and every month I fund that savings account and I always have. And so we put a little bit of money all along. It's not a huge amount. It doesn't hurt us. It's just a little bit of a sacrifice every month into my, my travel account. And then so when it's time to book a trip, whether that's a trip to China or a trip to Europe or a trip to Florida or whatever it is, we just go. You know, and I mentioned it here. I don't know if you caught it. I mentioned giving. Giving is the best sinking fund. And so here's how giving goes. I'm a Christian. I believe in giving to my church. I believe in giving to other organizations. Giving is the hallmark of, of our family but here's <clears throat> here's interesting and uh, something that's interesting and I think my my Christian friends might find this surprising is that I don't give from my budget to my church I don't. I give from my budget to my giving account and so we decide every month how much money we're going to give and we give to that account and so so there's money sitting in the giving account so that that Yeah, that I give, I give to my church from that. And then I give to this other organization from that. And then I give to this other organization from that. But I never give directly from my budget because here's why. Because when you have money in your giving account, when a really amazing opportunity to give arises, kind of like the one I mentioned earlier, when that opportunity arises, it's not a yes or no, it's a which one. The money has already been given to your giving account. You've already decided you're giving it. So you don't have to make a yes or no. Can I afford it? Can I justify it? Where's the money coming from? It's there. So you have a huge amount of impulse in your giving, which is the most fun thing we can ever do with money, is when an opportunity arises, you look at your account and say, the money is there, and you just do it. You just make a difference. You bless somebody. You do something that is so cool. And I love that. And Cole Cole and his wife, Kate, they do the same thing. And they've talked about how it is awesome. And several of my clients do this with a giving account. So instead of giving directly from your budget to the organization, you give to your giving account and then you give from that. So good. Number five, this is really important. We have to prioritize these sinking funds. Now, whether you have your sinking fund at your local bank um, and if your local bank doesn't like you to have a bunch of accounts, maybe you know you use somebody like Capital One. I use Capital One. They have, they're called Capital One um, 360 Performance Savings. Um, but you have to prioritize them. And so you don't just put your leftovers in there. You don't just say, well, I'll put money in there if there's something left over. No, 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 no. These have to be as important as your as your rent or as your mortgage. They have to be as important as your groceries. You have to say... This matters. My travel, it matters. Giving, it matters. This, you know, a new car down the road, it matters. These things all matter. So we need to set aside that money intentionally. And so maybe it's, um, maybe you're putting 200 bucks a month aside for travel. Maybe you're putting aside 150 bucks a month for a car. Maybe you're putting aside five, 600 for giving. Whatever that looks like, prioritize it, treat it as if it's a bill. Set it up, have it go to its account, make it happen. Because if you don't make it happen, there's no opportunity to be impulsive down the road. So we got to prioritize that. These things matter. And then number six, number six is the last one. Once we do all those things, if we do all those things well, we look for fun and fulfilling opportunities to be impulsive. And then we do it. Then we do it. With no guilt, no second guessing, we embrace it and we just go. That is the win when we don't have to even, we don't have to second guess or anything. We've planned for it, we've done the hard work ongoing so that when these really sweet opportunities arise, like my new friend who is sharing some of the impulsive decisions she makes, I hope she's even more impulsive in the future. I hope she embraces it, I hope she plans for it, sets a good foundation, and then can really just lean into that impulsive nature that she has because that's fun. And it's, um, it's contagious. When you're with people like that, like pe- with people like her, and she, she has these crazy ideas that pop up, and they are crazy, you want to you get on board. You want to rally around them. You want to support them. You want them to live out that meaning in their life because it is about meaning. It's not about money. And so I love that. I hope she embraces this. I hope she listens to this. And I hope she embraces this even more fully than she already has. Because the, the, the notion that she had was that piece of her is, is a liability, that it's a negative. And I would say, no, no, no. This is your strength. Embrace it, lean into it, and just go, go all in on this, but plan for it and do it with intentionality and purpose. And, and I, I believe it's going to be so enriching in her journey. So we, we talked a lot about the hows to do this. Um, so if you're wondering, like, how do I do this? How does it actually work in my life? Um, we, we have an opportunity for you. Um, we, have, we have an option for you to, to dig deeper into these topics of how do we budget well, getting a good foundation, getting out of debt. How do we look at this money holistically in a way that's valuable to our life? Not so that we have a big, big pile of money, that we can swim in like Scrooge McDuck no so that we can live with meaning and so we have a, we have a course it's called meaning over money and, and you can find our website at meaningover.money but this is a, it's an online video-based self-paced course for young adults and um, there's people ranging from 18 to 38 in this class and um, the, the the stories coming out of it are awesome people that are that are seeing a new way to look at their money and to handle it differently it's amazing um, what's happening. And so this course is broken down into 10 sections, and we're still shooting some of the, the back half of the sections, but there's 10 sections. Each section is a series of videos, tools, resources um, on a specific topic. And you go through it at whatever pace you want, lifetime membership, and there's also a community where you can go in, share stories, ask questions, um, you know, um, share ideas with each other this is a great opportunity to build community and to not have to do this alone because we're not meant to do this alone. Now, if you're not ready, if you're not interested in making the full investment in the 10-section in the course, what we decided to do is take out chunks of that big course and make little courses. So we have a little investing course and we have a, a, we have a, a budgeting course. And so they're a smaller financial investment where you can lean into just one specific topic Um, but yet still have access to the community. So that's an option too. So if you're interested, um, please hop into our website, meaningover.money. Check it out. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. Um, We're we're glad to have you here the way. We just want to add value to you in whatever way we can. And so um, it's just an option for, for you. So where else can you find us? Um, well, you can find us on Instagram at Meaning Over Money. You can also find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram as well. And then we have a YouTube uh, page called uh, Meaning Over Money where we post content that um, that that leans into these same topics of how do we live for the meaning and not for the money. Take care, guys. Have an awesome week.